And good evening, friends. For those of you who are watching us around the world, coming together, we're coming together over a glass and a cocktail of Woodford bourbon tonight, Woodford Reserve. I'm with my good friend, Chris Morris, master distiller of Woodford. Thanks for being here with us tonight, Chris. Oh, it's been looking forward to it. What better way to spend a Friday evening with a glass of Woodford and friends? That's wonderful. I agree. I agree. And we've been doing this every night of the quarantine, Chris, interviewing someone that we really enjoy having a glass of whiskey with them. And we're so glad you're here with us on a Friday night because around this time of year, I would usually be seeing you at events and, and, and having some Woodford with you. Uh, but uh, but we're, we're still celebrating and uh, getting ready for Derby, which will be coming in September, right? That's right. Boy, I tell you, you're right, Tom. At this time of year, for the past 20 years, we of the Wood Reserve team will will be run ragged going to events. Oh my goodness, tastings, bottle signings with our Derby bottle, as you showed. Right. So it's been strangely quiet this year. Um, so it's going to be fun to talk about Derby tonight, amongst other. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There'd be so much happening inside this time. Um, for the first, now, how many years is it that you've been doing it again? Well, this is actually going to be our 21st year being 21st years urban and our third year being the presenting sponsor of the right company. that's right the presenting sponsor so so usually you guys will be really busy this time it's not so busy but you know nonetheless we're still enjoying some great woodford the uh the derby bottle is out on shelves or um like me if you have to order your liquor to go depending on what state you're in and it actually still says the Derby bottle for the 146th running. It still says May 2nd, 2020. Yes. Any chance that might become a collectible? What do you think? I think it's definitely going to be. They're collectibles anyway on a normal. Well, right. More of a collectible. That's right. But uh, you think about coin collectors or stamp collectors where there's misprints or double right. hits on the die and they become very valuable. And we obviously bottled this some months ago because of the of the supply chain. We have to bottle, get it to the state distributors, the distributors get it to retail. So it takes usually two months to get the bottle out. So right. yes, these were bottled before we had any idea that there'd be a delay in the Derby, a postponement of the Derby. Right. So you can't change those bottles. So those <laughs> are celebrating the Derby that was not run on the first Saturday in May. And this will be only the second time in history, 146 derbies. It's not been run on the first Saturday in May. This year, and back in 1945, as the Second World War was ending, right. many events were being postponed. And the derby was run in June in 1945. Well, this obviously wow. will be in September. Because of the, of the war ending and they had to get everything ready for it. Yes, and this, getting ready for soldiers coming home and just all, all the activities that were uh, right. involved. All those, all those important things. So second time in 146 years. Um, but the good news is, I mean, so now it's going to be in, in September, the Derby. Yes, September 5th. And, um, you know, you've been, you've been with us these last few Derbies, it seems. Yeah. We remember Derbies that were beautiful and wonderful. If you if you really if you really think about it, but we've had so many cold wet derbies these last five six years. Yeah, joke is it's going to be Derby Day. It's going to rain, and <laughs> probably in September it might rain in September, but it, it won't could. be cold. I don't think so. It's kind of always unpredictable. I know we've had some times uh, the last. I think this is going to be my twelfth. I don't know. We've been doing it almost since we started bourbonblog.com interviewing you every year about the thousand dollar mint julep coming by and seeing you and the Woodford Reserve gang. But we've had some years where it's gotten muddy, where it's been sunny, where it's been hot. We've had a variety of weathers. Um, yes. so it's it's hard to know what September will bring. But now you are you are drinking what do you what do you have there? This is Derby glass from nineteen eighty nine. Nice. That's the Derby in my lifetime and well it wasn't your lifetime. Well yeah you were born by and I I was at the track when it snowed. Right. 1989. That's the Derby Glass from 89. We were not dressed for a snowstorm. Um, and it was a cold Derby. 1989. So the, 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 the snow, uh, even though, it, and I have my Derby Glass here, 
was the snow like coming on top of the uh, the mint julep like we see the crushed ice? Was there kind of a, a remnants of snow and crushed ice both on what you were drinking back in 89? Well, there weren't a whole lot of jewels being served in 1989 because it was so cold. Everybody was ordering <laughs> coffee and hot chocolate at the track, which was, you know, not a dirty tradition, but it was just something else. <laughs> well, the glass I have here, it's, it's got so frosty here. Uh, after making it, I'll, I'll scratch it off so you guys, because it's the perfect way, but I want you to be able to see. This is a collectible from 1984 uh, Derby. I, I have them of uh, many years. This is one of the years. Uh, I'll just say this. It's someone in, in my birthday, in my house's uh, birthday. It's actually my wife's birthday year. Uh, mine was a little before that. I think she's going to be making a cocktail with my birthday year here in a few minutes. All right. But I wanted to have a classic Derby glass for you, because we always love collecting these. Uh, so lots of great people watching us already. Uh, ask any questions down below. Um, we will, uh, on whether it's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, we will we will put those in as soon as we can. A lot of people saying they're missing you, Chris, and they're going to be missing uh, Derby. Uh, Claire Schmidt saying that, uh, uh, hey, Chris, she uh, she misses you there. Oh, did that go up? I think it did. There it went. Yes, yes. And... Uh, Someone says uh, that who travels a lot, James Hills, who's a travel journalist, said he's missing his his weekly Woodford and Ginger cocktails. He likes to sit on American Airlines and drink those and eat them with those Biscoff cookies. Oh boy, so <laughs> that's a that's a, uh, that's a good pairing. Yes. Uh, so, but now the pairing tonight, though, uh, some good. We made our uh, julep tonight with uh, some Woodford Reserve Devil Oaked. And oh, yeah. uh, some mint from actually my parents' um, my parents' garden. Uh, so we're bringing the whole family theme in here. But every year the thousand dollar mint julep changes a little bit. Um, I know that it, we can't quite tell what it's going to be this year. But what's been one of your favorite thousand dollar mint juleps the last? Um, how many years y'all been doing it? Jim? God, you know I'm losing track of time, which is over ten years, I think. As you get older, you lose track of. Time. <laughs> This is probably our 15th year. 15th year, yes. $1,000 mint julep program, yeah. Tom. And what a fun program that has been and raising hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for worthwhile charities related to the equine industry. Yes, you guys have raised some great different fronts. Wounded Warriors, Equine uh, Foundation, Disabled Jockeys, uh, the school at Churchill Downs, largely for the Hispanic children uh, of the of the outriders and jockeys and staff and just many, many fun causes um, that um, we've been able to contribute through, through your donations, through purchase of the thousand and upwards of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Well, gosh, um, there's two, two favorite juleps that we can talk about. One's the taste itself, the drink. Right. And one was the cup itself. Okay. Um, when Queen Elizabeth attended the Kentucky Derby, that was a big deal. Queen Elizabeth and um, her husband um, That's cool. came to the Derby and they transported, uh, she had a container of hats, like over a hundred plus hats in a container and even her own commode seat. She had to have her own commode seat in well, the throne, of course. Right. That no one, not even her husband, is allowed to use. So all this fun stuff's going on. And I decided, uh, with the permission of the brand team, that we should have a thousand-minute julep cup for her. Uh, engraved for her to her royal majesty and all this wonderful hyperbole. And then found out that one of her favorite gemstones are, are emeralds. So we put emeralds on this cup. This cup was gorgeous. And we were on local television because it's a fun story. We're going to give this to the queen. We're going to give this to the queen because <laughs> we're going to give presents to the queen, or at least they're publicly giving presents. We're going to give her this and that. Right. And, uh, as you know, on backside, Derby Week, with all the media and all the attention, um, that year to exploit her visit, um, uh, the late um, Princess Diana's butler was doing his book tour his tell-all book, and evidently he was he was on the backside doing local television. And there's these vans that drive you around, and it was a oh, it was raining of all things. It was a rainy morning, 
And I pile into one of these vans, these shuttle vans, to go to the next venue and uh, get in the back. And I know most of the drivers and they're, hey, how's it going? And other people get in. And then this, whatever his name was, of course, he's very British. He piles in with his retainer. And the driver, look, I could see him look in the rearview mirror. He goes, oh, now I've got two celebrities in my van. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Mr. Butler goes, oh, who is that? And I raised my hand around this. He said, oh, hey, I'm Chris Morris. I'm Mattress. <laughs> and he's like, no, piss off. Who are you? I don't care. And so I held this cup up, gold cup with emeralds, and it's in an oak box. I said, oh, we're we're trying to give this to the queen. Well, we're going to give something to the queen. He goes, the queen doesn't accept gifts. And I said, well, here it is. He's going, ooh, she'll like that. And I'm like, great. You've done well. Can you help us? No. And we never did get, give it to the queen because she turns out she doesn't take gifts. Oh, wow. Flowers from little kids, but she won't take gifts. So we donated that cup to the to the Derby Museum at Churchill Downs, and it's locked away in the vault with all the trophies and all the other great memorabilia. But that was a fun one. Um, the first was the best in terms of um, the outrage it caused because you're selling a thousand dollar mint jewel. We were parodied on Saturday Night Live of all things. Saturday Night Live says they're selling thousand dollar mint jewels at Churchill Downs. What's next? $500 hot dogs. Ha, ha, ha. But we got all this great publicity about the audacity of selling a $1,000 mint julep. And that first mint julep, we actually had ice flown to us from the Arctic Circle from Finland, which was crazy. And, um, of course, we used Woodford Reserve. And um, um, the, the mint was, um, I can't even remember now. We've had so many exotic mints. but The, the whole exotic mints, right. Yeah, all the ingredients were exotic, and it's, that, that legend has followed us. But now we're celebrating the best of Kentucky on the best day in Kentucky, which is right. Derby Day, and uh, the best of Kentucky. So all our ingredients now have to be local, local sweeteners, local honeys, molasses, sorghum, local mint, bourbon, with reserve, of course, local, and using usually our limestone water from the distillery for the ice. So my favorite flavor was our double oaked mint julep. We made the thousand dollar mint julep one year from double oaked. Yes. And we, we complemented it with a pecan or jot. Uh, right. Handmade, handmade syrup with pecans. And uh, at the, at just, it was just delicious. That's incredible. Always a, a fun experience to come join you there and, uh, I think we have at least the last seven or eight that you've done. If you go to YouTube, bourbon, youtube.com forward slash bourbon blog, you can see some of the recipes and, and me watching Chris uh, make these and tasting them every year. They're always delicious. And uh, and when you go into the, the experience of the $1,000 mint julep, you can take your picture there. People get to take their picture with you. And, they're you know, it's it's an amazing experience. And they're always donating to a really great cause. Yes, yeah, so uh, my, my colleague Susan Benet puts together a fabulous, fabulous experience for people to enjoy and to just have a great experience. That's excellent. So hopefully the queen, she got to see the uh, the, the, the cup that you wanted for? She just couldn't, she couldn't accept it. Yeah, who knows? She, may, she probably... Next time I see her, I'll ask her. <laughs> so if you get to Louisville, once this, once, obviously, once life gets back to normal, uh, go go visit the Kentucky Derby Museum. It is quite a spectacular thing there in Louisville. Uh, so sure. many displays from from previous derbies, uh, displays with Woodford. I mean, it's it's going to be it's really nice to see that, and I can't wait to uh, check that out next time I'm there too, uh, Chris. So this year, nobody knows quite yet uh, what the thousand dollar mint julep will be. We're both enjoying this here, but uh, I hear there's going to be some festivities around uh, Derby, actually around may that are going to help people who would otherwise be coming to derby in may celebrate tell us tell us a little bit about that well yes yeah, still um uh, plans are still being being uh, completed and uh, finalized but we're we're going to be seen on derby day which is going to be tremendous uh, both yeah. myself and my colleague assistant master Siller elizabeth mccall uh but we'll be celebrating derby from our homes 
our patios, our gardens, whatever if the weather permits. And uh, so we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna talk a little history. We're gonna make some mint juleps and yes. mocktails, such as in our Woodford Reserve Spire, which is our fabulous cocktail that was born for the Kentucky Derby. Right. So um, we're gonna have a lot of fun, and there'll be other other people from around the world, hopefully involved. So it's gonna be a great celebration. It will be on Derby Day, and it will just be a prelude to the actual Derby later on this year. We can be, we'll be watching you all from our homes online, making some cocktails, talking about uh, history then? Yes. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I hear there's also going to be some uh, engagement on encouraging people to make their own cocktails at home with, uh, with Woodford, or are there gonna be some ways you're gonna engage with viewers? Oh yes, certainly is. Um, and you know, one, of the, one of the bugaboos about the mint julep uh, goes back for years. I mean, growing up in a bourbon family, a bourbon household, um, the mint julep had fallen on hard times. Its reputation was really, really not very good. And um, in 1999, because of our first year being the official, the first ever official bourbon of the Kentucky Derby, I started making mint juleps on on television programs, right. Al Roker on the Today Show and things like that. Wow. You know, Wood Reserve um, actually began the renewed interest in the mint julep. And now, of course, you travel the world and you find mint julep cocktails on drink menus. Now, there are different styles, which is appropriate for a global drink now and how bartenders will put their own their own stamp on the mint julep, a sparkling mint julep, a mint julep with this or that, which is tremendous, sort of like we've done with a thousand dollar mint julep. But we really brought the mint julep back to life with the message that make it yourself, make it the way you want to. Because some people say it's too sweet. Well, don't put as much sugar in it. I don't like that much mint. Well, put less mint in it. Make it the way you like it. If you make any cocktail, according to a set recipe and you just don't like it, change the recipe. I mean, cocktails are individual drinks for individuals. I love a bartender. When I go to a great bar or restaurant, we hope we all can soon, which I'll, I'll ask them if you introduce yourself when you say, what, what do you do the best? What do you like to do the best? What, what do you prefer? Old fashioned, Manhattan, Caribou, et cetera. And they'll say, well, I like this. Well, make me a Woodford cocktail the way you like to using that. And, uh, oh, they, oh, that's wonderful. And you'll get a great drink because they've made it according to their style. Right. And you have an individual experience. So again, don't follow a template, be creative and make it a mint julep with fresh ingredients, not making it, oh gosh, I remember being in Owensboro years ago in the early 80s and at a famous distiller's home. And he had made his mint juleps a week early and had them in the freezer. Well, guess what? Sitting in a, in a freezer for a week with mint in it, they got a bit bitter. I bet that would really, like that would explode, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. And I'm like, hmm, maybe if you made it fresh, it would taste better. Anyway. So this is not a cocktail that, that's recommended for uh, the pre-batching in the normal sense. Definitely make it fresh. The fresh mint. Um, you make yours. Do you have little mint in your garden, or how do you make the, yours when you're at home? Uh, yes. I mean, as you know, mint grows very well in Kentucky. Yep, it does. Uh, and I've got several different types, a Kentucky Colonel, some chocolate mint, uh, some lemon mint. So uh, we can go to our local nurseries. Uh, because you don't want to put it in the ground. Well, you can put it in the ground and it will take over the garden. So you grow it in pots so it can be contained and then start fresh each spring. Uh, that's, that's at least the way we do it. Absolutely. No, that's, uh, that'll be, that'll be fun to watch you uh, on Derby day and leading up some other ways that Woodford will be uh, engaging with everyone to make sure one feels like it is Derby day. Uh, to make sure we feel like we're really celebrating with you like we always do. Yeah. Uh, it's, a right, it's a right of spring. We have to do it. 
What have you What have you missed most about? Uh, I mean, just uh, I'm going to miss Derby. I'm going to miss seeing you uh, at Derby, Chris, and just having a good time. It's It's so good to have a drink with you here tonight. But what have you missed most since um, since everybody's been inside? Well, that of course, I'm sure with all of us, uh, just the the camaraderie of our industry um, with not just colleagues and friends, but but the, the bar teams, the, the package store owners, consumers coming into to, uh, package stores for a bottle signing and just, you know, the, the chit chat. No, I love Woodford or this bottle's really pretty this year. I love the artwork. Um, getting to work with the, the Derby artist. Uh, right. Who I haven't had the, the pleasure to do this year yet. Right. Um, I showed that to you there. That's, that's the artwork on the newest bottle, right? Yes. Um, it's our first bottle with a, uh, a beautiful piece of artwork painted by a major league baseball player, uh, wow. major league baseball player. So, you know, that's always fun to get to get to learn a new artist. And of course, the last two years we had one of our own employees, a colleague, uh, um, Keith Anderson's artwork on the bottle and, and just being with Keith was just wonderful. So all those kind of things you miss. And then certainly um, we would start going to the track by now for right. certain events. And that's that, of course, is so exciting going to the track and seeing how it's being prepared for the for the, the first weekend in May. And and we'll, we'll see it in the first weekend in September. <laughs> right. Now, so again, this artist is um, is he's a major league baseball player. Uh, uh, former. Former major league baseball player. Right. Yes. And and then, which which what's the name of the artist again? Which? Um, uh, Sullivan is and. Um, it's a uh, it's a watercolor this year. Uh, nice. We've had oil paintings, uh, tempera. We've had sketches, uh, but we've not had a, a watercolor. So this is uh, just another little bit of trivia. Our Derby trivia, which is so fun. That's excellent. What a beautiful bottle. It's uh, it's always fun to see these, and um, makes a great mint julep as well. I also, I've heard a little bit about, uh, so other ways we're celebrating Derby, obviously making some great mint juleps, experimenting. There's so many new things you can put in a mint julep. I've heard that uh, there may be some former derbies uh, that were like past derbies run on TV for people to enjoy. Have you heard about that? Uh, again, everything's coming together, Tom. Everything's coming together now. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, one, of the, I'm one of the last ones some, to know. I'm one of the <laughs> we last ones some previous have. ones. Uh, being run and that'll be fun to see just any kind of way to uh remind us that uh derby is coming and uh hopefully you know you're at home go ahead and get, just like I'm, I'm at home here on my patio get dressed up and uh just enjoy the fashion maybe we'll be sharing the fashion we'll be uh wearing oh. online and uh i know elizabeth and i are going to have our derby you're gonna have your bow tie and on i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's very exciting uh, so let's also talk about, we were talking about, you know, what's been happening in the world of, uh, you know, with obviously, unfortunately, so many, uh, bartenders, so many of those in hospitality out of work, uh, right now, Brown Foreman did something very special when this all started, you all made a really, um, important donation. Tell us about that. Uh, we, yeah, we've been very fortunate, of course, uh, that the company, is celebrating its 150th anniversary this year. We're the oldest spirits company in America and operating continuously for 150 years. We've been operating continuously four years longer than the Kentucky Derby's been run, which is a lot of fun. Right. So the company uh, made a million dollar donation uh, to help, as you mentioned, the hospitality industry and also our, our corporate uh, staff, our corporate Kitchen, the Bourbon Street Cafe team at Brown Foreman headquarters in Louisville have been making 2,000 lunches a day wow. to the local community. That's um, amazing. Tremendous. And then on a local level across the country, our sales colleagues and our in-market um, uh, marketing team uh, have been doing a number of fundraisers and feeding the hospitality industry, um, which is just, just great. So. Uh, we've certainly reached out. Our colleagues have reached out and are trying to to help as best we can. That's amazing, and and thank you for all you, you all are doing there at Brown Foreman. It's it's very much appreciated by uh, all of us in the hospitality business, and it's such a, an important brand to not only Louisville and and Kentucky. And it's amazing what you're doing there, but the fact that you're you're taking that 
even further as you will always do, and you're helping out uh, those in need um, elsewhere. So thank you for that. That's uh, that's really amazing. Everybody's just so so pleased uh, to be able to help, and proud, and and honored that our brands have been embraced by the trade and consumers, and and that's all you can do uh, is give back as well as you can. Right. Absolutely. And it's an important brand to um, to bartenders and to hospitality. Uh, it's something that uh, we've always enjoyed for so long. And I know there's um, there's is there, there used to be is there still a competition you guys do every year on the the best Manhattan? Is that something you only did in the past, or are you all still doing that? Oh yes. Now that again has has been disrupted, but it's right. going. It's in process and okay. will happen um, again. We were very early on in um, the trend, I guess you would say, uh, of embracing the return to classic cocktails. Because again, um, when I started in the industry, there was no cocktail culture. Uh, People would go into a bar and order, give me a scotch and soda, give me a bourbon and Coke. Hardly anybody would order a Manhattan or old fashioned. It was just a very different world. And it wasn't a branded business either. Again, you would order bourbon and Coke. You wouldn't order Woodford XYZ, Jack Daniels XYZ, you name the brand. It was the well drove the business. So these back bars were not covered with all these beautiful bottles from distilleries and things like that. And slowly that began to change. And Wood Reserve was part of the impetus on that change. So again, 12 or so years ago, we started a Manhattan competition. Let's bring the Manhattan back. Let's give it some life. And the Manhattan competition started slow. It shows you we had six competitions across the country that first year, six. And now we're bringing the 40 winners of regional winners of multiple competitions. So so now we stretch into Singapore, into Australia, and Canada, and Puerto Rico, and of course across the United States. So bartenders are competing, and we're talking hundreds of bartenders in a local competition. Wow. One of those winners. And those 40 winners come to Kentucky as our guests, and they spend three days with us. And we've got some top judges, as you know. And while they're here, the 40 will make their Wood Reserve Manhattan and a second drink, which is up to them. Of course, it's a Woodford drink, but it could be Woodford malt, Woodford wheat, double oaked, rye, cocktail, freelancing. And then they'll spend a day with Elizabeth and I at the distillery and go through a lot of fun exercises and experience. And then we have this glorious dinner at Holly Hill Inn, our chef in residence, Weta Michaels Inn uh, and restaurant. And then the six finalists will be chosen. And then we'll reconvene in New York, in Manhattan for the finals. And one of the six, of course, will win. And what do they win? They, on our, as our guests, they go to the London Cocktail Week. That's pretty cool. Come to the Kentucky Derby. That's pretty cool. That's great. It's it's quite a competition. And now it's an international competition. And it's one of the longest lived cocktail competitions now in the United States. So it's gone from a little bit of nothing to become one of the major cocktail competitions. And we enjoy it. It's just so fun. And it's great for all the the bartenders who are involved. Um, They tell us they love doing it. And of course, just getting to Kentucky, many of them think this this is this is a big award reward all to itself, which is which we enjoy to hear so much. So again, the time frame has been pushed back until we can all get together again. So we can all get together, right? And these are bartenders from all over the world now that are that are yeah. competing, and then those winners are coming to Kentucky. Yes, and then and the it, finale is in Manhattan. Yeah. And then it's, it's you know, you've heard this. You've heard this little. Um, uh, story before, but you know, not many people talk about where our name comes from. Woodford Reserve is named after the county our historic distillery is in, county, which is one of Kentucky's original counties. Back before we were Kentucky, 
we were part of Virginia. Woodford County was named after a Virginian, General William Woodford, who had given his life in for the development of our country in the revolution. He died at the hands of the British. So his fellow Virginians named an early Kentucky County after him. And of course, where is General Woodford buried? In New York, in Manhattan. So my thought was, since Woodford is in Manhattan, every Manhattan should have Woodford in it. And you hear the moans and the groans, but that's a little bit of history with a little fun twist to it. That is a fun twist. It's a great competition. Our team has been uh, lucky enough to spend some time with you there in New York as it's happened. Okay, now people are really curious now that we're talking about, we're getting some great questions and continue to ask them below. Again, we're speaking with, and most everyone I think knows this guy, Master Stiller, Chris Morris of Woodford Reserve. So if you're just tuning in, that's what we're doing tonight on our quarantine drinking team series. And we do this every night of the quarantine. So come back every night where you're watching. We'll be doing it again. Uh, someone wants to know, uh, here's a question from Brandon Green. Chris, what's your insider secret to the perfect Woodford old-fashioned? If someone's making it old-fashioned, do you have any tips oh, that you think uh, make it special? Of course we do, Brandon, of course. Um, uh, first of all, I'm not a bartender. <laughs> okay. I appreciate experts. But <laughs> no, I've had some drinks he's made. Along the way, we've learned a few tricks. Right. And one of my fun um, uh, discoveries, uh, working with our great chef, Wita Michael, uh, was the beauty of sorghum. sorghum. And sorghum is an old Kentucky sweetener. Uh, Kentucky is a leading producer of sorghum in the United States, and Woodford County is the leading producer within Kentucky. So sorghum is part of our history. And sorghum is it's a, it's a syrup from a grass cane. It's sweet. It's herbal. It's fruity. It's spicy. It's woody. So it's sort of like Woodford Reserve. It has all these areas of flavor in it. So my secret is don't use sugar as your sweetener, which is the traditional sweetener, sugar cube or two. Right. Use a spoonful of sorghum in your in your excuse me, in your old fashioned. So use the bitters, of course, use the Woodford, use the water, a little bit of citrus, and it's a tremendous drink because the sorghum complements the Woodford and adds to the drink because the sugar just adds that sugar sweetness and nothing else. So use sorghum in your old fashioned. Use the sorghum. All right. That's, that's a great tip. Someone else is asking, and I'm sure it would be extremely difficult to decide, but um, what's one of the greatest, what's one of the best Manhattans you've ever had? Do you have a fa I mean, you've had so many of these, I'm sure, at the at, but I mean, do you have a favorite one or a favorite style that, that's like your favorite? Well, um, the best one I've had, my favorite one, uh, was the one I made yesterday. <laughs> <What's the difference? laughs> I've been having a flower at home uh, every day. Uh, so I'm not pulling your leg because no. that's the one I remember the best. No, I've been fortunate to have traveled the world as you have. Yeah, uh, Tom, I've had Manhattan in the bar called Manhattan, again, in Singapore, in New York. I've had Manhattans made all around the world. And yeah. um, there's just been so many good ones. I couldn't name one. Um, I can name a few bad ones I probably had, but uh, there's been so many good ones. <laughs> no, and you um, no, you, and we love Woodford and, and the Devil Oaks in a good Manhattan. In fact, I think when we first talked, you and I, we did one of the very first reviews on bourbonblog.com of the Devil Oaks back, what was it, seven, six years ago it was released? No, God, it's going on nine years. Hardly. Nine years now? Wow. Nine years. I knew it had been a little while. Nine oh, years ago when we first oh, talked about it. You were talking year about it. Because we, we sold out a year supply in one month, so. Wow. Yeah, for eight years, even though it's nine years. Nine years. I remember when we first talked about it in our interview, you said, this is going to be such you know, such a game changer for Manhattans and other cocktails. And it really is. It really adds a whole extra layer of something just so spectacular to, especially a Manhattan and an old fashioned, right? You know, this, this, this wonderful expression of Wood Reserve has, has just been unbelievable. As you mentioned, we, nine years ago, we brought out and right. we thought 
if we could sell 10,000 cases in a year, that would be a major hit. Again, it was approximately three weeks in, the 10,000 cases were gone. We had major retail chains who wanted to buy it all, which of course we, we couldn't do. It had to be equally shared. And then it was out for a year because it takes a year to make a batch. Um, finishing fully mature Woodford in a second barrel, the double oak barrel for another year. And now, and we're still just developing it. We're still gaining distribution, not only in the U.S., but just scratching the surface globally. But the International Wine and Spirits Record, the IWSR, which you know reports on our industry around the world, a completely independent organization, recognizes double oak as the number one ultra premium selling uh, Kentucky bourbon in the world. It's number one. People love it. Being started with it, which is just tremendous. But yes, it brings so much to the palate. Assistant master distiller Elizabeth McCall um, calls it a gateway bourbon because you've had so many people, I'm sure in your experience, go, I don't like whiskey. I can't drink bourbon. Right. Those, kind of, those kind of comments. And, you know, you don't know what they tried before. And, you know, they may have tried something um, that they didn't like. And no offense to that brand, but it didn't just hit their palate just right. Not that it would be the right one. And when we offer double oaked, time and time again, people go, I've got a bourbon I can drink. I've got a bourbon I can drink because it's so elegant. It's so rich. But it's still 100% Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And then that's leading people to try other bourbons, which is good for the industry, but it's certainly good for us because we are bringing people into bourbon. Yeah, no, the, the, the double oak is so deep and, and so many layers to it. It's just, it's luscious. I mean, it really is a real luscious, uh, just very complex uh, bourbon. Luscious is a good term. I like to hear that term. Uh, and people will accuse me, that can't be 90 proof, Chris. It's too smooth. It's too rich. It is 90 proof. But one of the old distillers trick going back hundreds of years is if a, if a whiskey or a spirit in general was harsh, what do you do? Add sugar to it. That's where we see the rock and rise and things like this in the past. Add sugar and it softens the impact of the alcohol. Well, we're not adding anything to with reserve double oaked except the second barrel or heavily toasted, lightly charred barrel. And it's those natural oak sugars that give it that's wonderful flavor, of course, and its texture, its body, are also softening the 90 proof character. And again, making people think it's so smooth it can't be 90 proof. Again, all of our products, all of our products are 90.4 proof, except except for batch proof, as you know. Right. Because I think that's a, a good classic proof presentation for a flavor profile, a bourbon or a whiskey from Kentucky, historic. And that's just what we do. But boy, it sure works. Yeah, no, it, it really does. And if we're able to in a little while, I'm going to see if we can bring it up on the screen. You just did. We were talking about the Manhattan you made yesterday. Just recently, uh, you did a there's this thing called TikTok. Uh, <laughs> that people are getting excited about. You made a video, uh, a TikTok video of you making a, a Manhattan in your own TikTok style, right? Yes. Uh, one of our colleagues um, did a TikTok with his children, and it was a dance, okay. this music, and right. we shared it um, via email with everyone. Right. And, and uh, there was a challenge. Everybody uh, we're challenging you to do TikToks. And of course, I wrote back, I've never heard of this TikTok stuff. Right. I couldn't have danced like that 20 years ago, much less now. And of course, most of my other production colleagues said, you know, forget the challenge. We can't do that. Oh, we're all too old. But um, just the term TikTok made me think. And my wife is a piano player and we have a metronome. And I've heard that TikTok, TikTok for so many years. I put it, I thought, to good use. Um, and I made my own TikTok video and sent it out to the team, and they got some good laughs out of it. You made it. So it's you making a, uh, a Manhattan with yes. Woodford and also some of your other uh, Woodford ingredients, right? Yes, we have a great partner in Bourbon Barrel Foods who, gosh, going back many years. Uh, yeah, they're great. 
met Jamie, uh, was again, a, another innovator, and uh, he was making and does make fabulous spices and sweeteners, aging them in wood reserve, spent use, uh, spinner used wood reserve barrels. And um, I said, you know, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago. I said, Matt, what do you think about us doing some bitters? Oh, yeah, let's. And so make bitters and use with reserve barrels with what reserve in the bitters. There's still neutral spirits because we found out that's what you need as well. And we made the first bourbon branded bitters. Spice cherry was our first orange. So we've got a range of with reserve bitters and that led to with reserve cherries. And uh, those are the two other ingredients. So I have with reserve cherries, have a with reserve spice cherry bitter, with reserve bourbon, and right. then and of course a vermouth and that's all you need and then it's playing right there. i'm going to see if i might be able to play this i have um since i've been doing this i have a long history in tv but i've not done a screen share yet so let me see if this works everybody watching maybe this is the time we all raise a toast first of all toast to you chris it's great to uh everyone to i actually went so i i did have my mint julep but obviously i wanted to have as we were talking about uh and i finished the mint julep a little double oak, so I poured some of that. But everybody watching this, uh, grab a sip as I'm getting this screen share ready and or ask a question below. Like this, share this on social media, share it on Facebook, Twitter. We want to make sure a lot of people are seeing the fun we're having. But let me try to play this because this is a lot of fun. I'm going to do a screen share uh, if I can make this work. Um, and it's called Chrome Tab. Let's see. Tell me if this works. I believe it's going to. Can you guys, can you see that, Chris? Oh, there it is, yes. Is that it? Okay, here we go. I'm gonna play this for everybody and hopefully you'll hear the TikTok. There it is. There's the bitters. Remove, sweet remove. Yep. That bottle was full when I started. I had to practice a lot. Here comes the Woodford cherry. There it was. All There's right. <laughs> All right. Very nice. Okay. That's that's so cool. I, I really like that. And you uh was that your, that was your first TikTok video? My first and only. I'm done. Only, all right, can you see me again? I'm here. Yeah. All right, here we are. <laughs> it's like when we say on Jimmy Kimmel or something, hey, we're going to show you a preview. We're showing you a preview of what your next drink will be, and it could be then. Uh, so, hey, maybe it'll inspire you and inspire others to make TikTok cocktail videos, but maybe you'll make some more during the quarantine, right? You know, you're inspiring me. Maybe I will. <laughs> And anybody else wanting to see that, uh, go to our YouTube. I just uploaded that on YouTube.com uh, forward slash bourbon blog. Take a look at that. Uh, you have what are these bottles I see? I, I know they're, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with some of them. They all look slightly like Woodford bottles behind you. What are these bottles I've seen behind you here? Yeah, no, hopefully all, all of uh, the people join us this evening are familiar with our family. Yes. So we do have double oaked in our classic bourbon. Yeah. But I, Malt and wheat have wow. now rounded out the Wood Reserve uh, family. This is our core family. Uh, obviously, we have our beautiful Masters Collection annual releases, the batch proof in our distillery series, and soon to come to the United States Wood Reserve Baccarat. But this is our core product. And uh, the double oaked is a finish expression, as we've been discussing, of our bourbon, finished in a second barrel. The only first bourbon finished in a second barrel that's new and specifically made for the finish of the whiskey it's in, or vice versa. So, yeah. and then the rest of the family is varied by grain recipe only. So, the rye, of course, follows the rye standards of being a minimum of 51% rye, it's 53%. The malt is 51% malted barley. And the wheat is 52% um, wheat. And then it's malt, corn, and rye. The rye also has corn and malt in it as well. And um, 
the malt has corn and rye in it as well. So they share common grain and it's our same water fermentation process with our unique wood from yeast, our distillation process, including the triple pots distillation, the wood reserve barrel made at our own brown foam and cooperage and the same style of maturation. So one thing separates the four straight whiskeys and that's the grain recipe. And this helps us to articulate the bourbon flavor wheel. Our bourbon is the balance of fruit, spice, wood, grain, and sweet aromatics. And then the rest of the family highlights one of those. Our rye highlights the spice characteristics of our bourbon family, but it's still Whitford rye. So there's still some fruit, grain, wood, sweet aromatics, but spice is the predominant flavor profile. The malt is all about nutty grain character because it's a malt whiskey, not a single malt. It still has corn and rye in it. And the wheat, oddly enough, because wheat is such a soft flavor, allows our fermentation process to shine through. So it's a fruity whiskey. Wow. Of course, double oaked highlights the sweet aromatics. So each of our whiskeys plays a role in highlighting a specific flavor of American whiskey in all flavors that are embodied by our wood for reserve bourbon in absolute balance. And you're showcasing all those through these different expressions in a way that really no one else does. You know, that's a, a nice thought. The, in 1935, when the current rules that govern our industry were, were put to paper, coming out of prohibition, and the industry was being regulated by the federal government, Right. And Uncle Sam said, you can make four straight whiskeys. You right. can make straight bourbon, straight rye, straight wheat, straight malt. Well, of course, the Kentucky industry went, ah, we're making bourbon. That's what we know. <laughs> and Pennsylvania, Maryland, et cetera, they rushed off and made great rye whiskeys. And it seems nobody, but nobody made any wheat or malt whiskeys because that wasn't our tradition. And a few years ago, one of our colleagues in the industry brought wheat whiskey to the market, not wheated bourbon, but a wheat whiskey. Wheat whiskey, right. We have. And we're the first to make a Kentucky straight malt whiskey. Or that's it. Our Kentucky straight malt whiskey is unique. It's the only one in existence. So we're the first distillery in the history of our industry post-prohibition to make the four approved straight whiskeys. So right. history from Woodford Reserve. I always I always enjoy listening to Chris and and just the history that you know and the history that you share and um, it is amazing that you've that you've become the first to make uh, all foreign history and they're all beautiful in their own way with and I think we we know you know most of us know the bourbon we've tried the bourbon and I think maybe a lot of people have tried the rye it's, it's a great rye uh, definitely try it if you haven't how do this the malt and the uh, the wheat are these uh, whiskeys that you like to pair with particular dishes? Are they more mood driven? When would you grab uh, the malt or the wheat? I mean, or, or for what cocktail? What, what occasion? Yeah. Well, what's fun, Tom, is they're all straight whiskeys. Yeah. And they're, they're rooted in Kentucky history. Again, they all have corn in them. They all have rye in them, of course, malt. And then we include the wheat with the, uh, the three grains. So, so our wheat whiskey is actually four grain product. Um, so they work as straight whiskeys, all aged new charred oak barrels. They work in any cocktail. So you can make a Woodford Manhattan with our bourbon, double oaked. You can make a rye Manhattan, a malt Manhattan, or a wheat Manhattan. And again, a good bartender is going to adjust their ingredients to complement and use the whiskey to its best, highlight the fruitiness of the wheat or the nuttiness of the malt. So my my dream is to walk into a, a bar and there's a Manhattan menu, for example, and all of our whiskeys are on it. Do you want a spicy Woodford Manhattan or a fruity Woodford Manhattan? You know, boom, boom, boom. Like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So they can be used any way you like. But the bottom line for any whiskey is can it be enjoyed neat? If you can't enjoy it neat, and I hear this all too often, oh, no one drinks that whiskey neat. We use it only in cocktails. Right. Why are you using it? If you can't drink it neat, you're using it in a cocktail, you, you've got to be able to enjoy that whiskey neat. 
And from there, move into mixed drinks and cocktails. So these are all so approachable, so tasty, and all 90 proof, again, very approachable. Um, I, I encourage people to give them a try. Now, the malt and the wheat, uh, we don't have a lot of them. We're making more every year. Uh, the numbers will slowly increase over multiple years, but um, they might be a little hard to find in some parts of the country. Right now, still being developed, as I mentioned earlier, double oaked as well. So we have a lot of distribution points uh, to still fulfill. And you all can help us in that if you don't mind, is ask for it. Ask your local bar and uh, package stores. I want some Whitford Reserve wheat. They ought to be able to get some. But again, um, some take a little longer because of volume constraints. Right. So the, the more limited is the wheat and the malt. I'm sorry? The, the wheat and the malt are the more limited limited ones yeah. right yes. now. But keep asking for them. Uh, and you also mentioned the uh, Baccarat, uh, the, the limited edition. Uh, was it cognac, cognac finished barrels, right? Yes. Now, Baccarat, we introduced a little over a year ago in international markets. Uh, the duty-free network and, you know, the nice duty-free shops in the Frankfurt airport and the Hong Kong airport, uh, right. places like that. And it's been a tremendous hit and um, we're going to, it's heading this way. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous addition to American whiskey in general. Um, this Baccarat, um, if, if you're not familiar with Baccarat, it's hundreds plus year old French crystal company in Baccarat, France, and they make the most elegant of decanters. And you would be surprised how many fabulous cognacs and malt whiskeys are presented in this crystal. And I won't name names, but you'll know. You'll know. And when they heard through the whiskey grapevine that we were finishing for three and four years Wood Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon, and exo cognac casks, wow. cognac, that they approached us and said, would you like to be the first American whiskey to have your own unique crystal decanter from Baccarat? And we so said, absolutely. So it's an elegant decanter. It's very expensive, very expensive product, but boy, it's it's worth having. And um, so we're looking forward to its rollout this, this uh, year. It's, it's a beautiful product. I was fortunate enough to be able to sample a little, but not, not of the crystal, but I get to sample some of the whiskey. It's an amazing whiskey. I'm actually going to put it up on our social media right there of everybody watching. Um, I'm going to put a link up so they can uh, read that, see that picture. Uh, wherever you're watching, I just put that link up uh, so you can check that out. It's beautiful, and we're excited it's coming this way. Uh, any, any hints or uh, anything you can tease forward about the next um, – Distiller series that uh, that's coming. Well, the distillery series is, is proven to be a lot of fun, and it's our reward to those of you who are able to visit us in Kentucky to come to the distillery um, because it's only available in Kentucky and primarily at the distillery. So that's that's our reward. As I mentioned, you can get all of our fine products across the country. Baccarat will be available across the country. Will be across the country. Very limited. But to get the distillery series, you have to come to Kentucky and you have to basically come to the Wick Reserve Distillery and they're unique whiskeys. So as Elizabeth and I are developing the master's collection, we have a certain volume target because we want the master's collection to be across the country and now in certain export markets, which is just tremendous. Germany wants it. United Kingdom wants it. Wow. When you're a global brand, you have to supply a global audience. And one thing we've always done, Tom, as you know, is we're not a brand that sells an expression only in one country and not another. We take care of the U.S. first. Right. America gets everything we sell. So that's one of our one of our that's wonderful. to everyone. So so the distillery series uh, doesn't meet our, our volume constraints. Um, so we need approximately 300 barrels of a master's collection. That's a lot of a unique whiskey, an expensive whiskey to produce, whether it's our maple barrels or it's the Chardonnay finish or it's the original uh, four grain whiskey. Those are difficult to make and expensive to make. Um, and 
they take a lot of time and we only have 52 weeks a year to make whiskey. So carving out a couple of weeks a year to make a master's collection is an expensive proposition. So the mat, so the master's collection development will of course lead us to some really fun little whiskeys, but we can't make them from either time constraints or they're too difficult to make in a large volume, but we can make five, six, seven barrels of it. And that's where the distillery series affords us a great vehicle to take these unique little gems and present them to the public. So it's fun for us. It's fun to share what we've developed. And it's just, again, that great reward. So we've got a lot, we've got them planned out and in the works for years. The thing I can tell everyone is the big hit of the family of the series has been double, double oaked. It's so good. The double, double. So, yes. so the brand team has decided that we can present that every January. Nice. So that's the one you can guarantee it'll be back year after year. And this year though, boy, it caused a bunch of trouble. We put it on the shelves at the gift shop. Right. And last year, it took about a month to sell. This year, three days. Three days. Again, three days. only at the distillery can you find the double double oak. And a few and a few stores and bars. Right. Must distribute beyond places. So that one will definitely be back next year as far as any other uh projects for the uh, master series or the distillery series is there any hints you can give us on what's coming up or um well, i could but i can't can't, so. can't yet okay just can't yet so keep keep watching for uh, on woodford and also on bourbon blog and we'll be excited to tell you about those so many great experiments obviously and and beautiful experiments and and limited releases that actually became um permanent collections i mean it's, there's so many things you guys have done that people have loved so much that you continue to do a double oaked has its its concept origin in the master's collection, the seasoned oak finish. Right. We we you know again we've done some historic things that no one's just really recognized, which is fine. Um, we made the first one hundred percent malt whiskey, the first single malt whiskey in the history of Kentucky with the master's collection, and that led to the development of our Kentucky straight malt. We also made the first one hundred percent rye whiskey in the history of Kentucky. Um, in the, for the master's collection, and that led to the development of our 53% rye whiskey, not 100% rye. And um, uh, so the master's collection has, in the four, or our very first master's collection in 2004 was four grain, and that's been the, the inspiration for our wheat whiskey, but it was a bourbon then, and now it's a wheat whiskey, it's still four grain recipe. So the, the, the master's collection and or the distillery series um, do help give us some prototype, certainly learning that has led to the development of most of our core product line. Right, that's that's great. And uh, one of my favorite guys in the business, it's Chris Morris, master distiller of Woodford Reserve. And we have a few more minutes left with him. If you have any more questions, ask them down below. One thing I will say this, I've always said to people, you know, there's, there's definitely whiskeys in the business and bourbon whiskeys in particular that Someone could put maybe a couple beside me and I would say, I think it's this. I'm not sure. Maybe it is, you know, because, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? But with Woodford, Woodford has such a distinct characteristic about this and the double oak as well that I always know this has, you know, the hand of Chris Morris on it. It has that DNA from Woodford. I, For me personally, I think for other people, you know, if I'm doing a blind tasting, I could always pick out Woodford. It has these beautiful characteristics that are always unmistakably Woodford, which I, I love that because I always know this is Woodford. How do you do that? What, what, is, what is it about Woodford that makes that true for me and I think for many others? Well, thank you, Tom. And, and you know, growing up in the industry, that's the way it used to be. There was a house style. You could recognize that's wild turkey, right. that's Heaven Hill product, et cetera. And now with all the micro distilleries and the various everything going on, um, it's just difficult to, to, to tell differences. Um, but that's one of the things we've always wanted to be was different, different because 
That's got to stand alone. Just like no whiskey tastes like Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is different. So again, it's great to be different in a positive sense. And it comes back to the philosophy I initiated at the distillery, uh, the five sources of flavor. Make each of the five sources of whiskey flavor stand out. The one thing that Mother Nature has given us is our beautiful limestone water. We use in our mash and our proof reduction. It's a very heavy mineral water. It's probably the richest mineral water in Kentucky because of where we're located in the heart of the inner bluegrass region of Kentucky, which is where the limestone is the thickest. And then we have a unique strain of yeast. And because of that yeast, by design, we ferment longest in the industry, five to seven days, which develops an intense layer of fruit character. And that's a signature of Woods Reserve. It's many fruit nuances, those ester notes. Um, obviously, the impact of our pot stills, uh, the first distillery in the history of America to triple still whiskey and pot stills. Wow, another bit of history um, that has a distinct impact. Having our own cooperage, the Brown Foreman Cooperage, allowed us to create a unique bourbon barrel, the world's first whiskey barrel of any type that was toasted like a wine barrel prior to charring like a bourbon barrel. So our own unique barrel, one tin proof entry. And then of course, as you know so well, all of our warehouses going back into the 1890s, our 19th century, 20th century, and now all of our new warehouses we're building, our 21st century warehouses are made out of masonry construction and they're heated in the winter and cooled and heated and cooled across heat cycling to give us this deep, deep maturation note, the heat cycling process. So when you combine all of those, plus our grain recipes, you should have a signature flavor, but that core, as I mentioned, it's the same water, yeast, fermentation, distillation, and maturation that gives us that house character. And it's the grain recipes that will vary the style of that house recipe. So that's why we take such great pains to make sure the five sources contribute because again, you want to be special. Those five sources are so special. I think it's uh, it's an inspiration not only to bourbon enthusiasts, but also to hopefully other distillers to find ways to make things unique. You know, we want everything to be unique that's out there and yours certainly is. Um, now, amazingly, I'm, I'm going to show you what just landed on on my um, in my studio here, because I told you that we've been collecting these glasses. My wife's gotten to be quite a good bartender in there. She's doing an amazing job. Annabelle is. It's a glass, another glass I have from 1976, Chris. Look at that. All right. <laughs> so, so I told you one of these might be my birthday. Uh, so my birthday. there we go. <laughs> and that's that a derby glass. That's a derby glass for my birthday, 1958. Very nice. I like it. These are all the collect and um, <laughs> cheers, man. So as you look back at, at you know, as we're talking about our birth dates and, and looking back, what was the bourbon that like uh, you know, as you're growing up or whenever, right? What's the bourbon that really changed your life that you had that wasn't Woodford? I mean, obviously Woodford changed your life in a big way. But if you look at another bourbon when you you know in your 20s whatever it might what was the bourbon that changed your life and made you like bourbon or just changed your life somehow well um great question and of course i'm very uh prejudiced and and parochial i grew up in a brown foreman household my mom okay. and dad were foreman. dad having started at the old forester distillery in 1946 my right. mom in 1952 so i grew up in a household where you were either drinking old forester or early times bourbon. Right. And okay. That was it. Um, so I was tasting both early on. And, right. But maybe my, and, and after our great cocktail discussion, this might seem to be a bit crazy, but it was the early times, and it was a very novel approach at the time powdered drink mixes, the Pussycat and the Tomcat. Oh, cool. Takes a young college person and empty the contents out of a out of a, a foil pouch in a glass with ice and your whiskey, which of course would have been early times bourbon, and stir it up, and you have an instant cocktail. Um, that was that was something you could really show off to your other friends. That's Amazing, you were 
and uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. When when would that have been? Approximately. Uh, that would have been in the the sixties and. Nice, nice. All right, so we look we look backwards. If we look forwards from today on, obviously, you know we're we're glad that obviously we're glad that liquor stores are an essential business. We're glad that people can buy liquor, you know, just like they're getting their groceries now, whether it's delivered or they're picking it up from liquor stores. But if we look at how COVID and coronavirus, you know, this is you know serious business, and obviously, as we've said, we're thinking of the bartenders, all those in hospitality. But if we look at how this is going to change the way that either we drink bourbon or the way that distilleries operate, in general, just a general question for you, how will it affect the industry, if at all? What do you think? Well, that's a great question. Well, in the distilleries themselves, and certainly our distillery, as you know, is, is, is small. Our workforce is small. And it doesn't take a lot of people to run a distillery and there's a lot of room in between people as you work a 24-hour uh, uh, work day, 12-hour shifts. Um, so there's a lot of social distancing. And, of course, hygiene is paramount, as is safety always. So you're wearing gloves and uh, uh, protective eye gear, et cetera. So that is a, is a big impact. Bottling, uh, we've already um, uh, brought in. Uh, the social distancing and, and safe. Uh, we've already had safety equipment, actually, um, uh, uh, personal protective gear, et cetera. Um, but even that had already been starting with hair nets and hats and things just for good hygiene and cleanliness when you're running on a bottling line. So I don't think it's really going to impact our production at all. Right. Uh, uh, there are brighter people than I thinking about how do we reopen the visit experience and what's right. going to happen because that's, that's a, a tremendous asset to uh, Kentucky through the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and to our brands, the old Forester visit, the, the Wood Reserve visit, the, the Cooper's Craft visit at the at the Brown Foreman Cooperage. Uh, so that will be thought through very, very carefully and, and that will be open again as, as we return. Uh, so I think we're going to be fine there. Um, how that impacts restaurants and bars as we've been hearing about uh, uh, so much space between tables and maybe, I don't know. I mean, that's again, much smarter people than I will be thinking about it, but I know we're all going to be eager to get back and support our hospitality colleagues and get our beautiful bars and restaurants up and running again. Yeah. And uh, certainly keeping them supplied with our great bourbons from Kentucky and certainly Woodford Reserve. So uh, uh, some things will, will, will be as they are and I'm sure there'll be some changes but uh, Americans have always adapted and come out of things stronger. So I'm sure that'll be the case here as well. That's right, my friend. And, and we really appreciate, uh, and thank you for those kind words. We really appreciate uh, you joining us tonight and uh, all you. you've done for the industry, Chris. And for those of you who are watching, if you get a chance, hopefully you will have a chance once um, everything reopens, go visit uh, Woodford. And hopefully if you see Chris is going to be doing a book signing or an event someplace, Go meet Chris. He's a lot of fun. He's one of my favorite guys in the business. He and I have spent a lot of time over the years, everywhere from Florida to New York to Kentucky, everywhere having a good drink with you. And it means a lot to have a drink with you here on camera tonight, Chris. Thank you, Tom. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Yes, thank you all. Thanks. And uh, for those of you still watching, just keep. we've had thousands watching us, which has been amazing. Keep on sharing this, liking this, and joining us again. It'll be actually be at 8 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow night. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Cheers. Okay. Bye, Tom. Thank you. See you later. One second, Chris. I'll have you hang around for just a moment as I end it. And...